into it. Um, Back again. You're looking very beautiful today, oh, as always. Um, yes, you are. It's uh, Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. It's February 7th. and um, So tonight's the perfect night um, to catch up on our podcast. If you, <laughs> if you know nothing about sports like us. We you were, just binge coffee with crime all night. We have all day been having people uh, tell us about what's going on with sports because we don't know. Mm-hmm. The biggest sporting events of the American season. Um it's very cold. It's minus one degree, and it's like in the afternoon right now. I don't think it's going to get much warmer than that no. today. Where are they playing the Super Bowl? I have no idea. Uh, are, do they do it inside? or? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that. Uh, today, uh, oh, oh, a couple things, uh, cool things since our last episode. Um, we gave away a free bag of coffee from Kova Coffee because we were just so super impressed with everything about that company. Mm-hmm. And uh, we asked people to share, uh, spread the word about our um, podcast and share that episode. And the winner uh, was our friend Andy Ripley. And she just got her coffee, I think, yesterday in the mail. So yes, and, uh, it's the uh, Familia Mancia coffee from Honduras. And she just got that. So she'll be gr- uh, grinding and brewing that <laughs> this week, I assume. And, Lewis showed me the video that she posted on. Yeah. What, was it Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. So and thank you, Andy. Andy, for you the... look very beautiful. <laughs> and your hair looks amazing. <laughs> this is Coffee with Cosmetics. <laughs> Coffee uh, with compliments. <laughs> uh, speaking of plays on words, uh, we, we were talking about the the towel with the uh, poop on it last week in the crime, and and I, I just sort of spontaneously came up with the goofy phrase "angry turds." Well, I have a nephew who's ten years old, and I've been teaching him drum lessons. And this past week, when I was doing that, he said to me, "Uncle Lewis, let's play the angry turds song," and I was like. <laughs> There's a song? He's like, well, let's just make one up. So we made up a song about angry turds. <laughs> and he say and I did something not like, let's do like an old school country song. Yeah, yeah. So we did it to the tune He's of. He's so um, funny. Folsom it's Prison it's funny that he listens to our podcast. Yes, it was a little, <laughs> little sobering for me. I was like, wow, this is interesting. What an interesting day and age. Ten year olds listen to true, true crime podcasts. Um, but yeah, just wanted to mention those, those two things. Today. We are finally um, visiting a local coffee roaster, which I think, as far as I know, and someone could correct me on this, but as far as I know, this was the first small batch roasting coffee roasting company in the Quad Cities, um, at least Quad Cities proper. I don't know about the surrounding area. But it's called Red Band Coffee Company, and this, uh, for anyone who lives in the Quad Cities, is going to be immediately familiar because they've been here for, um, I don't know, I think it was probably sometime in the 2000s, I think is when they start. I think uh, 05 might maybe is when they started, but, uh, you know, as far as small batch roasting and specialty coffee, that's that's pretty, uh, you know, long established. I yeah. mean, and they're, uh, they're called Red Band because there's this concept of general, um, the, the weather topographical conditions are best uh, 25% above the equator and then 25% oh, below. Oh, that's cool. So, that's yeah, very, you can uh, see in this, in this little picture of the globe, there's oh, this band cool. surrounding the globe. That's very creative. I never knew why they were called that. That is why they call it. And, yeah, so they turn it into this cute thing where when you order coffee, there's your, your uh, hand... Um, insulation thing is red so it's a red band around a white cup and and it's a cool uh, branding thing um 
little blurb on their website says coffee beans come from a beautiful red fruit typically two beans to a coffee cherry and it talks about the 25 degrees north and south thing um red band is our interpretation of this coffee growing region we roast our coffee fresh each day in davenport iowa we sell fresh roasted whole beans individually prepared coffees and a richly prepared iced coffee so so yeah, today we are tasting Red Band coffee. Um, let's give it a taste. Here we All go. Right. Um, oh, sorry. This is uh... this is very unprofessional, Lewis. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh no. <laughs> How's your? <laughs> We're having a little bit of a problem here. I had to run away from the our desk here to get the bag of coffee because I forgot to buy the our grinder. And uh, Alexi was trying to get her chair the right height adjustment, <laughs> but I think it's right now, right? Everything is good now. Yes. This is Brazil, Carmo de Minas, southeastern Brazil, a little state there where um, they got the coffee to roast this. It's, uh, I would call this a dark roast. I, I asked for um, the lightest they had, but they, they really kind of specialize in darker roasts. So, um, yeah, it's, it's uh I would call it darker, and uh, yeah, it's from Brazil, so let's give it a taste. Awesome. Have we done a coffee from Brazil? We probably have. <sighs> Not that I remember. Okay. It might be our first Brazilian yeah. one. Yeah. Fun. Here we go. Do you know the notes? I'm looking at Okay. Them, yes. Let me try it. It's really okay. good. Yep. I just want to say that. Yep. Extremely good. Mm-hmm. It's very like... It has like a very, like the smell of coffee is always good, but this one has like an exceptionally pleasing aroma. Yeah, and we don't do many yeah. dark roasts, so uh, I think anytime you have a dark roast, it's a little more pungent right off the bat. But uh, Alexi is chocolate. Yes, cocoa, same thing, yes. chocolate. Um, is it something weird? Like no, these are pretty normal. I would say not too esoteric. <laughs> Like some kind of berry? Doesn't mention any berries in this one. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> all right, what is it? Um, cocoa, toffee, and brown sugar are the oh, tasting Oh, so it's all like one. dessert things. Yeah, okay. and, you, and there is a sweetness in this coffee, which is yeah. really nice. Um, yes, very enjoyable. Uh, mm. it, and I have to say, I mean, like, I, I love the coffee, but um, my one of the things I actually enjoy most about Red Band is their food. They have these scones that they're really famous for. Um, I, for you know, I would have loved to bring one, but um, <laughs> you know, our listeners will have to go there themselves if they live in the Quad Cities and try it out. And if you're not not living in the Quad Cities, then you have to come visit and try it out anyway. Uh, and also the breakfast sandwiches. I was just oh. there the other day, and I got the very last one. They make them every day fresh, and once they're out, they're out, that kind of thing. Is so that a new thing they're doing? No, they've done that for quite a while, okay. at least five years. Well, um, I just noticed on their uh, building the other day, it had like a big sign that said breakfast sandwiches. So okay. I thought maybe it was like a new thing they were doing. But... Yeah, no, they're they're really well known for that as well. They okay. have a chorizo, egg and chorizo, and an egg and um, sausage one. And uh, yeah, they're just really good. They're not huge, but they're really filling. Like you can have half a one and it's like, it's enough for me to kind of get through uh, lunch and then like save the rest right. for later. So <laughs> so yeah, the scones, um, they've got like lemon poppy seed, raspberry white cherry, cinnamon chip, blueberry, all sorts of cool flavors like that. Excuse me, I got to sneeze. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry <Bless> about <laughs> that. 
uh, how is this the first time I've ever sneezed in the podcast? I, I was just thinking that. Weird. Yeah. This is, um, <laughs> and also Red Band is really well known around here for their iced coffee concentrate. Mm. People will buy it in, in jugs just for, and you can, you can, you know, add water to it and, or ice or whatever. And it's like, it's really, really sweet. It's really good. So. They're well known for that. They've got two locations, um, one on Brady and 13th. That's the first one. I think that's where the roaster is. You can see a big old Probot roaster sitting in the back there when you order your coffee. And then another location that came after that uh, on 4th and Iowa in Mm, downtown, a little closer to downtown Davenport. Uh, You might technically call both of those locations downtown Davenport, Mm -hmm. but... um, uh, the Brady location, I they, they kept the, the Brady in 13th. Um, I think it's 13th. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. It used to be a place called Ma's Studio Diner. And I found a, it used to be a diner and it was just tiny. It was like enough room for maybe a few families, but that's yeah. it. And, uh, but they, but Red Band kept the glass block sort of rounded oh, outside cool. corner, which is original to the diner. Oh, that's cool. So they, yeah, they kept that. So that you can still see a little bit of Quad Cities history, <laughs> um, and both locations, as has proved to be very beneficial for businesses mm-hmm. during the whole coronavirus thing, um, both of them are takeout uh, only. Um, there's no cafe space. Uh, there's it's not neither of them are sit down places. It's either takeout or drive through. So so they have both. Um, been running, uh, I believe, consistently all the way through the the shutdown and the pandemic. And um, I, I, I looked on their Facebook page for some kind of uh, more personal stories of, of just their, their business or whatever. And they, they tend to keep things pretty day to day, just uh, kind of, you know, letting customers know when they're going to be closed for holidays and, uh, you know, maybe putting a picture of a scone or a a new uh, roasted coffee on there every once in a while, but not, I, I wasn't able to find like a whole lot as far as the, the origin story of the, of the company. Um, but, uh, yeah, needless to say, I mean, around here, uh, a lot of people just really enjoy red band coffee and, uh, love it, especially having it with a nice breakfast sandwich or a scone. That sounds really good. Um, uh, Rick and Kathy are the owners. Again, I, I just wasn't able to find a whole lot about them. I, I maybe, I, I looked it up. I found some articles and stuff, but I just wasn't able to find much about them. But, uh, but yeah, one of the, one of the first, if not the very first roast, uh, small batch roaster in the Quad Cities, Red Band Coffee. And uh, one more thing they're well known for is their New Orleans style iced coffee. So they use their famous iced coffee and then they make a, you know, a, a drink. Um, what's, what's in that? Um, I think if I'm correct, uh, oh man, New Orleans style. I think it's the same as like a, a similar to a Thai iced coffee oh, with okay. sweet and condensed milk. Yeah. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong, dear listeners. Dear listeners. But uh, yeah, so uh, Red Band Coffee doing this great uh, Brazil Carmo de Minas today and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and well, the other thing too, especially if you live in the Quad Cities, it's always fresh. Uh, they're mm-hmm. always roasting, and you're always able to get coffee that's just been roasted either that day <laughs> or the day before. So yeah, really good stuff. Well, awesome! Thank you. Yeah. yeah, this is really good. I don't know that I've ever had this one before. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's really good. It is good, Brazil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this might. I don't remember us doing one from Brazil, so. 
yeah, I, I, um, I can't remember doing a Brazilian one. Well, thank you so much for bringing this to us. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And you can enjoy the rest of this. <laughs> That's right. All week. Uh, also, 16 ounces, like a whole pound. Yeah. Which is uh, a lot of coffee roasters are doing 12 ounces. Uh, a lot of them are even doing 10 now. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, when you buy a pound, uh, you, you get plenty of coffee. Yes. <laughs> well, very good. Thank you, Red Band. Thank you, Lewis. All right. So let's get to the crime segment of our show. So today we're going to talk about Ruth Snyder. Okay. You probably haven't heard that name. I I have not. Um, I hadn't either until I started looking Hmm. for something. Is this called the Super Bowl killer? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, but I should have like... I don't know how I would have like, yeah, found yeah. a Super Bowl murder connection, but no, um, Ruth is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I I don't think we really anticipated doing the podcast today. No, no, it this wasn't. was kind of like something that we were like, it just oh, worked what for day both of our schedules. Works, yeah. and then yeah, this just mm-hmm. happened. So yeah, so we're gonna talk about Ruth Snyder. Can't wait. <laughs> All right, so Ruth Snyder was born on March twenty seventh, eighteen ninety five, in Manhattan, New York. So she was born to parents Josephine and Henry Brown, uh, who had both immigrated from Scandinavia about 10 years earlier. Okay. So uh, their last name was Brown, but they had actually changed their name to Brown, like many people did. Oh, silent, huh? um, their last name was Sorensen. <laughs> Why would which, you change it from Yeah, that? I mean, that doesn't really, it's not that crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I guess they thought Brown would just make them fit in more. Yeah. I read somewhere too that dad's name was Hans. So I think he might have changed his first name too. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of identity changes. And they weren't criminals or anything? I mean, who knows? Maybe they were. Yeah, they could have been. Interesting. Yeah. You never know. I feel like there would have been tons of Hans Sorensen's right? in the yeah, late, I, 20th, <laughs> late 19th century. I think you could have gone unnoticed Manhattan, with a name yeah. like, you know, Hans Sorensen <laughs> right. um, immigrating from Scandinavia. But no, Henry Brown. Um, so Ruth had an older brother named Andrew, and her father worked as a carpenter, and her mother was a stay-at-home mom, which was, you know... Very common in those days. Mm -hmm. And although they never had much money, they were a very nice, well-respected family. So in school, Ruth was never a great student. So when she turned 16 in the spring of 1911, she decided to drop out of high school and get a job. So she began working as a telephone operator. And one night while she was working, she accidentally dialed a wrong number and reached a man named Albert Snyder. Hmm. Um, No relation? Huh? No relation to her? Well, her name is Brown oh, at this point. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she reaches this man, Albert Snyder, um, and Albert was pretty pissed that she accidentally called his number, hmm. and he started, like, yelling at her and stuff. Oh, weird. And so instead of just hanging up on him, Ruth stayed on the phone until he regained his composure, and he apologized. Hmm. And uh, he ended up coming into her work the next day to apologize again because he felt so bad. Hmm. So, yeah. (laughs) Making a love connection over the phone. Yeah. Um, So when Albert saw Ruth, he was quite taken with her. So much, in fact, that he offered her a job. 
So Albert, who was 32 at the time, was the editor of a magazine called Motorboating. Okay. <laughs> and he invited Ruth to come and work as a copyist for his magazine. So it's a magazine about motorboats? I'm assuming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> about motorboating, I guess. Okay. I didn't know that was like a really popular thing in the uh, early 20th century. I mean, I guess it was. Motorboats, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Very oh. nice. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a, a promotion for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so soon after Ruth began working with Albert, the two started dating. Okay. You know, obviously. She's 16? No, at this point she's eight, or I'm sorry, 19. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this has been a couple years since she, you know, left school and started working and stuff. So Albert was a very intelligent man and Ruth wasn't the brightest bulb. So the two didn't have a whole lot in common. Um, they didn't have a lot to talk about, but that did not stop the smitten Albert from, propos- from proposing to Ruth. Mm-hmm. And on July 24th, 1915, at the age of 20, Ruth married 33-year-old Albert Snyder. So the couple moved into Albert's home, and however, soon after the couple married, there was trouble in paradise. Mm. So you see, Albert had been engaged to a woman named Jessie Gershard for 10 years before meeting Ruth. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, 10 years. That's like a long engagement for... Even by today's Yeah, standards. I know, and like people have very long engagements <laughs> these days, but like back in those days? Yeah. That's crazy. That's very surprising. Um, But Jesse had tragically died of pneumonia, and Albert had never gotten over the loss. So she dies, and then Albert. Oh, he didn't break off the engagement. No, then Albert meets Ruth after she passed away. Yeah. Um, So when Albert insisted on hanging a photo of his late fiance in their home, Ruth was not pleased. Mm. So, like, if you were married or something, and like your wife died. Mm I mean, wouldn't you want to have like a picture of her hanging in your home to watch over you? <laughs> I never thought about it. <laughs> I knew a guy who had a um, a small vial of his former oh. uh, of his deceased wife's ashes around his neck as a necklace. Right. And uh, he started dating someone else that didn't care for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I feel like that's kind of sad, though. Yeah, I would. I'm just saying, like, I think I would leave that alone. Yeah. Like, that's a very personal, deep seated thing. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, it, you know, it's not like you're worried that the person's going right. to cheat. Uh, you know, it's Ugh. just. It's yeah. A, but uh, I've never been in either of those shoes. So, right. I don't know. So, yeah. <sighs> but um, aside from having a photo of her, um, he often spoke fondly of Jesse, and of course, this upset Ruth as well. So yeah. he would talk about, you know, oh, their good times, the times together and all that. Um, and in late 1917, when the couple had their daughter, whom they named Lorraine, Albert was very unhappy with Ruth that the baby was not a boy. <laughs> so Albert wow. was kind of an ass. Not very nice. <laughs> so, um, Albert's magazine begun doing very well. So well, in fact, that the couple was soon able to purchase a nice home in the Long Island suburbs. So, you wow. know, maybe <laughs> nice. things are looking up a little. Yeah. I don't know. They, th- they, th- I can't talk. Things seemed to be going well. Uh, however, Ruth was becoming increasingly bored and dissatisfied with her suburban lifestyle. Hmm. So Ruth's mother had recently moved in with them after uh, Ruth's father passed away in 1925. 
And it was during this time when the marriage got increasingly worse. So Albert and Ruth were spending less time together, and Albert would often compare his wife to his late fiance, who had been more intelligent and grounded See, yeah, than that's Ruth. not okay. Yeah. Like, why can't you be more like Jesse? <sighs> Jesse would have done this thing the right way the first time. Wow. Yeah, it's That's not good. Not a good sign. Not good. <laughs> um, so it was later that same year when 30-year-old Ruth, bored with her life and dissatisfied with her marriage, started going out to various pubs and social events and spending time with different men. Mm-mm. And it was at one of these events where she met a 43-year-old man named Henry Judd Gray, who went by Judd. And he was a corset salesman. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Truth is stranger than fiction. You can't, wow. you can't make this up. Wow. Yeah. So interesting profession. It's... I wonder how that works. Like, did he go door to door? I mean, what back in those days, I, I mean, that was like a like a necessary undergarment. Yeah. So, but it's weird. It would be like being like a bra salesman or something. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> But anyway, the two had a lot in common. Um, Like Ruth, he also had a daughter. He took care of his elderly mother. And like Ruth, he was married and bored with his life. Mm. So he had been married for many years to Isabel, his high school sweetheart. And things had just, I guess, gotten stale over time or he was just kind of done with her. Mm. Um, And soon after meeting Ruth, they began having a steamy love affair that would ultimately end in murder. Whoa. And if dun, we dun, did dun. commercials, this is where we would have a commercial. <laughs> commercial for Brandon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of our listeners, though, uh, Katrina uh, also purchased, oh, uh, yeah. your, your sister purchased some Coova coffee uh, the other day, and I thought that was cool. She, uh, she posted on our Facebook page that she bought that. And I and just got it in the mail. Oh, so I don't have I don't have Facebook anymore, so I'm missing all these posts. Uh, you don't need it. I will tell you. Yeah, that's you have the, Lewis book. That's what I have you for. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that was uh, we always love it when our listeners support the coffee shops that uh, roasters that we uh, try. So yeah, yeah, that was neat. It is. So yeah, that's our commercial. And back to the story. <laughs> all right. Um, so Ruth would often vent to Judd about how unhappy she was with Albert and how bad he treated her. And the two began discussing ways to get rid of Albert. But not Isabel? Mm, (laughs) She wasn't as much of a problem? (laughs) I guess not. Okay. She was kind of just like, uh, yeah, I don't know what they were going to do about Isabel. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. I thought this was going to be like a double, (laughs) double, uh, yeah. Double situation. So Ruth admitted to Judd that this was not the first time she had thought about doing away with Albert. In fact, over the 10 years of marriage, Ruth had attempted to kill her husband, Albert, several times. What? (laughs) Yeah. So she attempted to kill him twice by disconnecting the gas line in their oven, hoping that he would, like, get poisoned by the gas or maybe would, like, blow up or something. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Do you know? I don't. Apparently she didn't Maybe Carl Knudsen could weigh in. (laughs) He knows about ovens. Um... And then by running their car with the garage door shut so he would get carbon monoxide poisoning. So that was another attempt. Hmm. And she once tried by poisoning his whiskey, although he 
realized that it tasted bad, so he just dumped it out and didn't drink it. Mm, she didn't put enough poison in there. Yeah, I guess not. Or what she kind didn't of poison u- did she use? I don't know. So. I don't know. Um, but apparently it wasn't the right kind. <laughs> um, and then she also tried putting poison in his medication a couple of times, and although it made him ill, it didn't kill him. Wow. Oh, and once he was underneath his car working on it, and she like pulled the jack out, hoping that the car would crush him. And he didn't get the clue with all these different attempts. Yeah, I don't. Oops. <laughs> Whoopsie. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I don't. I guess maybe he just thought that she would never do that or something. Uh, yeah. Maybe he wasn't too bright either. So she's already tried these in the past few years. Yeah, like over the last like several years, she's tried to kill him multiple times. Wow. Yeah. All right. So she starts planning with... Yeah, so she's planning now with Judd. And this time, uh, she was sure she would get the job done because she had help. Okay. So in early 1927, Ruth persuaded Albert to get a life insurance policy that would pay out... $48,000 $48,000 in the case of Albert's death. It's always a smoking gun. Uh-huh. Watch and out if get anyone this. ever wants you to get a life insurance policy. Right. That is like, you need someone's like, come on, come on. Come on, just do come it. Come on, it's... babe. Just sign the papers. <laughs> no. Um, But get this. So this life insurance policy would pay double if Albert was killed by an unexpected act of violence. Uh. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> things have changed since then. I, I mean, I've never. Insurance I've, companies definitely wised I've up. I've never heard of that. <laughs> that's a. Uh, that's <laughs> like way easier than the lottery. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the if you know he was killed by an unexpected act of violence, um, she would have gotten a sum of money that would be equal to over four one point four million dollars today. Wow. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, so one weekend in March of 1927, Ruth's mother made plans to go away to visit some friends. Okay. So Ruth and Judd decided this would be the perfect time to go through with their diabolical plan. Mm. And on March 19th, the two went into town and bought a five-pound dumbbell, some chloroform, <laughs> and some fishing line. And it, can you just buy chloroform? I don't know. I mean, I've I don't... Tried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I can't imagine that you would be able to do that today. But, like, why were they selling chloroform? Yeah. Isn't there I, really just one use for chloroform? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Someone who knows more about chloroform, you know, you can <laughs> let us know what's up. Um. So, the following evening, Ruth and Albert took their daughter to a party at the neighbor's house. And while they were there, Ruth was putting crushed up sleeping medication in his drinks all night. Wow. And while they were there, Judd snuck inside their home and waited for them to return. So she's at the party drugging up Albert and Judd is waiting in the family's house. So later that evening when the couple arrived home, Albert immediately went to bed. You know, he's been drinking cocktails with sleeping pills in them all (laughs) night and once he was asleep judd went into the room and hit him in the head with the five pound weight Hmm. um so this didn't do a whole lot except wake him up (laughs) and yeah we know he's a resilient guy already because (laughs) of all the other failed attempts at his life yeah so he woke up and he started to fight judd yeah um, then Ruth ran into the room with a rag that she had soaked in chloroform and smothered him until he lost consciousness. And then the two strangled him with the fishing line. Fishing line? Why would you use fishing line? 
It's so <sighs> it's so small. I don't know. Anyway, this whole okay. plan is just not yeah, it's good. Half witted, yeah. Yeah, couple of half wits. <laughs> um, so he dies. So after he died, you know, Judd fled. You know, peaced out. Yep. And Ruth did her best to ransack the house and make it look like, uh, you know, a burglary gone wrong. Mm-hmm. So the police were called, and when they arrived, they noticed that the scene of the crime didn't really match the story. It just kind of looked sketchy, mm-hmm. and Ruth was not acting like a grieving wife whose husband had just been murdered. Right. She was kind of, you know, I don't know. So she told the police that about some valuable items that had been stolen. However, the police quickly found that those items were hidden inside the home. Wow. Yeah. And Ruth really messed up when the police found a pin on the floor that Albert had kept as a memento with the initials JG on it, which were Albert's late fiance's initials. However, when asked about it, Ruth said, what does Judd Gray have to do with this? Because he had the same initials. Oh. Isn't that funny? Wow. Yeah. So not the brightest bulb. <laughs> um, so police became suspicious and knew that they needed to talk to this Judd Gray fellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ended up finding him at his home. At first he lied and said that he had been there all night. But, as, but he soon confessed to taking part in the murder. And both he and Ruth were arrested and charged. Wow. So the two former lovers quickly turned on each other and started pointing the finger, saying that the other had been responsible for the murder. Hmm. Judd even claimed that Ruth had hypnotized him and forced him to take part in the murder. (laughs) Of course. So on May 29th, after just over two months of trial, the jury deliberated for only about an hour and a half before, before returning a guilty verdict for both Ruth Snyder and Henry Judd Gray. Oh, and what was the sentence? Um, it was death by hanging. It was death by electrocution. Really? Yes. Wow. Don't hear a lot of those about a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> Electric chair. Electrocution. Er- wow. Yes, I know. Pretty crazy. So the following year, on January 12th, 1928, Ruth was executed and Judd Gray was executed just 10 minutes later. Wow. They, back then, they actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, so a photographer actually took a very haunting photo of Ruth in the electric chair Ugh. and sold it to the newspaper, uh, which, you know, the, the newspaper with the photo like, like became- being a, electrocuted? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. And the newspaper sold- See, All their copies. People think reality TV is like exploiting human nature now, but people, people have, have always wanted always, to exploit. Whether it's and we've yeah. definitely touched on whether it's like the uh, the the circus uh, freak show mm-hmm. people that we talked about, right? Or, or uh, someone dying in an electric chair. That's that's just morbid. Yeah. Like who thinks to themselves, I'm going to take a picture of that and then sell it. Like, like I feel like back in these days, like people were way worse. Oh, if you see political cartoons from that day, they yeah. were like, they just were really ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> On, yeah. So, yeah. No, some things never change. But, and uh, this is. Do you have a picture of it? Um, I did see a picture of it. Okay. I can show it to you. Okay. Um, the photographer's camera eventually became part of a collection at the Smithsonian Museum of American History. I've always wanted to go there. I yeah. think it's a, in where, Washington, D.C. I was going to ask you where it was. Um, it, it'd be really cool to go. I've, I've, I have friends who have gone there before, so maybe you someday. You could go. 
See yeah. the camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, after the arrest of Ruth, there was a bitter custody battle for her 10-year-old daughter, Lorraine, between Ruth's mother and Albert's brother. And ultimately, custody was awarded to Josephine Brown, Ruth's mother. Good. And she, you know, raised her hopefully better why than the she brother, raised Ruth. Why did the brother want custody of her daughter? Well, it was like her uncle, I guess. Yeah, but why would he want to, instead of the kid's grandma? I don't know. Huh. He probably didn't want the daughter to go to the family of like the woman who murdered his oh, brother. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's what's going on there. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the story of Ruth Snyder. Wow. Back to the uh, old days. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing a lot of these, I think, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Wasn't our last one an older one? Uh, no, the last one was uh, like five oh, years ago. Oh, yeah, it was the Angry Turds one. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, question for you that mm-hmm. does not have to do with this case, but I was wanting to ask you is, uh, it's been cold out, we've had snow, and there's icicles everywhere. Yeah. So I want to ask you, because... Um, yes, that's the perfect murder is, weapon. Is it the perfect murder weapon? Yeah, I've yeah. always thought so. Yeah, because it melts. Right, so... This <laughs> is terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. My only question is, and this is a little morbid, but like, can it break through... The I skin think it depends actually... on how big it is. Like I've seen some monster icicles. No, I know they're. I know they can be big. I mean, yeah. I've seen some the, the yeah. past few days that have been very large. But like, it's it's just ice. And so, can you <laughs> can you I, sort of I, like I think so pierce someone's heart? Oh, I would. Yeah, with a, an icicle. Yeah, if it's if it's cold enough for. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, and then it would melt. Yeah, there would be no evidence. Yeah, and they the would DNA. just find this person with like a whole like a wet hole <laughs> a wet <laughs> hole in their heart uh, but i, I guess yeah. so if it's the perfect murder weapon why don't you hear more about someone being murdered by an icicle maybe it's inconvenient because you would actually be in a place where there was like the perfect icicle and yeah. sometimes that's hard to plan i but think I, yeah but people plan way more you know yeah. uh, or you could find one and like keep it in your freezer yeah we probably shouldn't be. I, I don't like, want there to be giving more murders, people ideas but, about how to murder people, but no, definitely not. I just, I, yeah. I just don't know. But why I don't. I always thought about, about that. It. Like this yeah. would be the perfect murder weapon because. Well, yeah. you hear about them like falling off of houses and like I mean, really injuring people. I worry about that yeah. walking underneath them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe uh, in a in a future episode we'll do like a winter special of like an icicle icicle case or something yeah interesting i should look that up if there ever has been anything like that i mean i'm sure there has especially if you think about like back in the old days and like scandinavia oh yeah where there's just like you know ice everywhere and Mm -hmm. not enough weapons (laughs) (laughs) right or in you know prehistoric times maybe right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, clearly we need to do more research on this we do and in the meantime don't murder anyone with an icicle it's just not no yeah don't don't murder anyone with anything no no this show is not we're, we're not <laughs> seeking to find to create more uh material for ourselves because there's already a, a huge amount right of, with the way that things work these days they'll see that you listen to a podcast about mm-hmm. killing someone with an icicle and they'll be yep. like you know they'll trace your yeah, so ad- the address it's not worth and it you will get caught mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so <clears throat> so don't do anything bad uh, all right but that is that's our crime 
for yeah. today. And yeah. any other like thoughts on anything or mm. um have you ever heard of that motorboating magazine? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> it's no, I did. Must have gone I mean, out of it came and went publication um, it's, or it's, whatever. It's done now. Yeah. But um, interesting. I mean he had a car. Was that like sort of like a upper middle class? I think yeah. He was. They were doing well. Was you he know? doing well because of the magazine, or was he some sort of heir that just decided? No, to... it was his magazine, okay. and it was like you know. So it was a popular it magazine. Did very well. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um. No, I don't have any other really questions hmm. or anything. But thank you for preparing yeah. the crime today, and uh, thank you for preparing the coffee. <laughs> Yes. So uh, check out Red Band if you live in the Quad Cities. Uh, get some coffee. Get a scone or a sandwich. They've got drive through I think, seven days a week. And um, and it's good stuff. Uh, also, the iced coffee is great. Some people, even in <laughs> weather like today is minus one, minus nine, uh, some people really still like getting iced coffee all the time. I'm not one of them, but yeah, uh, but actually, I just did today. <laughs> yeah, you just did. Yeah, you, I was you like... had this dismissive look <laughs> on your face, and then I, <laughs> then you realize that you're you're one of those people. I was just thinking, like, who would do that? Yeah, but you I do. literally just did before. Well, I'm the <laughs> I am the same way, except in the summer, I drink I drink hot coffee if it's 100 degrees in the morning. Like, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, there's something about it that I kind of do that. So that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, but stay warm, everybody. And, and thank you for listening. Congratulations again to Andy Ripley for yes. winning our contest. And um, I guess we'll take our coffee as usual. With crime. See you next time.